This morning I've been privileged by the pastor of the church to bring the word of God and I'm not going to make light this opportunity. The topic before us this morning is the heart of discipleship. We're talking about the heart of discipleship. Over time, we have come to understand from discipleship dynamics that there is the head of discipleship. And that is when people are gathered together and they are instructed through content. People are put in a classroom situation, confined in a place, and they are spoken to. They are instructed. They are taught. That is the head of discipleship. In discipleship, people are gathered together from every corner of the earth. People are gathered from wherever they are and they are put in a class for a two-hour session. That is a head of discipleship where men are taught the way of the lord sometimes it becomes a classroom discussion sometimes some people struggle to know it not struggle to become like it and that often leaves us with a gap in discipleship little wonder we wonder how come we have proliferation of churches and yet evil is on the rise we begin to wonder how come within a street we have many churches Yet, within that same street, armed robbers are still robbing. We begin to ask, how come with all the things that are happening in the world, where the name of Jesus is being proclaimed on the internet, uh, DSTV, wherever, however, in churches, everywhere, yet evil is still prevailing. It is because what men go to school to do, most times is to pass, not to know. Because the one who is even teaching has made you know that look i am not i'm going to ensure that you will not pass so you are doing everything best possible just to pass that is head discipleship and unfortunately as a church not Ikoi baptist church as a church universal that is where the church is putting all its attention finish the program finish the program this morning i have come with a mandate to inform us no man finishes discipleship as a matter of fact nobody graduates from discipleship as a matter of fact, when you finish the head discipleship, then you enter into heart discipleship. No man gets to a point where he, say, where he says to himself, I have gotten everything I want to get from the master. Every day of our life we are becoming. It is called process theology. We are gradually becoming. We are not yet there. Have you not wondered how Apostle Paul, after all his experience with the master, he still said, I want to know him. It is because there is no point in time a man will say, I have finished following the master. So I have graduated from following the master. Nobody graduates from following the master. Nobody graduates from serving the master. Nobody graduates from mastering the life of Christ because we can never fully master the life of Christ. We are gradually becoming. How much can you experience God to the extent that you will say, I have finished the course experiencing God. The course experiencing God is a lifetime experience. Or you will say, I now know the mind of Christ. There's no more space in me to collect the mind of Christ. So that is head discipleship. And oftentimes, it leaves a vacuum in what God expects from his church. So today, without talking about hand discipleship, I want to zero in very quickly on discipleship of the heart, which I've called the heart of discipleship. Jesus Christ, when he was here in the flesh, he called 
some people to be with him. And they call them disciples. They call them apostles. You will agree with me. The reason why he called them to be with him is not because he couldn't do it all alone. If Jesus had wanted to do the work all alone, he knew, how, he knew what it was he would have done to get the job done. He could have from his own base set fire in the hearts of men without necessarily having to call them. But he decided to call them because he wanted to place his passion in the hearts of men who will set the world on fire with the passion of genuine discipleship. It is for that purpose we have come this morning. In Mark chapter 3, verses 13 to 14, the Bible gave us the fulcrum upon which the, this message this morning will rest, looking at where we are going to. The Bible says Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him. Listen and mark the word. The Bible says he called to him those he wanted. And they did what? They came to him. He appointed 12, designating them apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Can we just stop there? Now, that he, they might be with him and that he might send them. Listen, in the matters of discipleship, the first issue that bothers the mind of God is for every man to be with him. Oftentimes, we have mistaken discipleship to be a point of focus where people will begin to do things for God. No. Discipleship is first being before doing. As a matter of fact, we have raised people who are not matured. We have raised people who are not grounded. We have raised people who are not rooted in the things of the Lord who are already doing things for the Lord. But the master is saying, in his own scheme of discipleship program, he calls them first to be with him. And after he has finished dealing with them, he sends them out. Haven't you wondered people who come to the church, even when they come to the church, they still come with the word to the church. The Bible says, no, anyone who will be sent out by the master must first of all separate himself from where he is coming. The Bible says he calls them out to be with him. Discipleship is a ministry of separation from where you are coming from. No man comes to the church and still holds onto the word. Little wonder. The church is becoming worldly and the, and the word is becoming churchy. So we go to the word, we see the same thing we are doing in the church, do, being done in the word. And the same thing that is being done in the word now being exploited and, 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 and imported into the world, into the church. And I begin to wonder, is it because the people whom he called has not decided to leave everything to follow him? Remember, when the Lord called the disciples, some of them were fishermen. Some of them were task collectors. Some of, a, one of them was a doctor. When he called them, they burnt the bridge behind them. He called them to be with him. So the first stage of discipleship is for every man to be it is when a man has become, a man can begin to do. Haven't you seen when Jesus Christ visited Mary and Martha? Two of them handled two aspects of discipleship for the master. One was being, the other was doing. The scripture told us that Martha entered into the kitchen. She was laboring, only God knows whether from morning to evening. I don't know for how long she was sweating it out in the kitchen. 
I want to guess probably she was making three course meal for the master. She did every kind of meal to make the master very comfortable. And I want to ask myself, was that good? Was that okay? Was that right? And I stand today to say, excellent. Nothing is wrong when a man decides to do things for the master. Nothing is wrong when a man decides to carry out service for the master. There is nothing absolutely wrong when a man decides to go the extra mile for the master. As a matter of fact, what God expects of his church is that he wants to raise men, armies in this kingdom, who will go all out and carry out service for the master. But the master is saying, at a point, the one that was carrying out this act, assignment, he said, Lord Jesus, are you not troubled? Are you not concerned? Are you not seeing the neglect, the negligence of my sister who just sat there wasting her time and I'm just going all about doing everything? Bid her to come and assist me. The master, master said, ah, no, this one has chosen the better. And that which she has taken will not be taken away from her. So in the master's view, discipleship is first being. Discipleship is first staying with him. And that was why even when he was to start his own discipleship, the Bible says he called them to be with him so that he may send them. Now, if you understand that to be the foundation and the fulcrum upon which our master, the Lord Jesus, carried out his own style of discipleship, being before doing, then can we look again at the scripture that was read a while ago by our pastor in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 27. I will pick out one or two things and I will tell you the three matters that touches the hearts in discipleship. Now the first thing I want to call your attention to, I love that particular translation, NIV, that I, that I pastor read. Is NIV you read or New King James Version? New King James Version. I think I love that version very well. He said, then he said to them all. Now, the matters of discipleship is an open invitation to everyone. Nobody is left out. In God's scheme of things, if God would have his way, he wants to make, in short, he made every one of us to be with him forever. So God is interested in everyone coming in to do discipleship. Now, what will give me joy? One of the things that will give me joy is to know that tomorrow, when we are starting the new diet of discipleship, everybody in Ikoi Baptist Church will say, I had the word yesterday. I want to come and do discipleship. Why? Because the Bible said, then he said to them all, this invitation is to everybody. Have you not wondered if you take, if you come to Ikoi Baptist Church on Monday, apart from Sunday, when you come to church and you see the whole church very busy, and maybe Wednesday, even though it's a doubt, on Monday is about the busiest day in Ikoi Baptist Church. When you come to Ikoi Baptist Church on Monday, you see cars parked everywhere. Probably even outside. I have not checked. But you see cars parked everywhere. Beehive of activity. But by the time you take census, you discover that we have over 50% of people coming from outside to do discipleship program in Ikoi Baptist Church. And I ask myself, with all the resources we are spending, which we are not, we are not being troubled about, maybe. And I stand to say, what is what is what are we doing as a church? The Bible said Jesus said to them, Everybody who is interested, come for discipleship. Now, if this is an open call for everybody to do, what is stopping you? What is stopping me? Oh, Pastor, on Monday, I am so tight. Pastor, on Monday, I am so busy. Pastor, in short, Monday is not negotiable. We have created a window to see how people can even do discipleship outside Monday, all you need to do is to say, Pastor, this is my challenge. Then we'll look at how to attend to it. Pastor, I can't speak good English. Pastor, as a matter of fact, somebody walked up to me and told me, say, Pastor, I cannot relate with what they give me in class. 
And in God's own wisdom, God helped us. And we brought out the Pigeon English Discipleship Program. It's not because we want to water down the standard of Ikoi Baptist Church. We know the standard of Ikoi Baptist Church, but we also know the standard of God. That the Bible said that some of them who were doing discipleship, they were unlearned, they were unschooled, but they realized that they had been with Jesus. People of God, from tomorrow, the Lord is making a clarion call. That everyone, because Jesus said to them all, come. So it is a clarion call to everybody. Come. It's an open invitation. Pastor, I have not picked my form. You don't need to pick form. You can come tomorrow and you get your form picked. But you know, that is just the basics. The Bible said he did not only tell them all. He said, if anyone, even though it's an open invitation, it is never by compulsion. I have seen when men have done discipleship, they say, you must do. Take this form. You must fill. No, it is not by compulsion. You don't need to fill the form. You don't, not, you don't need to be coerced to attend discipleship program. As a matter of fact, discipleship program is just a program, but discipleship is a lifestyle. So you don't need to be coerced. You don't need to be forced. You don't need to be pushed to do it. It is, a, it is not a matter of compulsion. It is a voluntary consecration. Number three, it becomes mandatory, no longer optional, the moment you get involved. What did the Bible say? The Bible says, if any man desires to come to me, to come after me, let him. No, I think I prefer NIV for that. I think, is he NIV? If anyone would come after me, he must. That word must is a serious matter. The moment a man has voluntarily given himself up for the master to come, the moment you have come, you have lost your will. People of God, the first thing I want to pay attention as the three standpoints upon which discipleship rests is what? Denier. Conscious denier. What did the Bible say? The Bible says he said he must deny himself. Conscious denier. Please help me whisper to the ear of your neighbor. Conscious denier. So many of us have denied ourselves but we didn't do it consciously. And the, the matters of discipleship must be by conscious denier. The Bible says any man that comes to me he must he must deny himself and people of God as I consider the word that he must deny himself I am even laughing at myself is it easy for us to deny ourselves when a man says he is already a first class degree holder he's a first class holder he has achieved everything that needs to be achieved in life he has all the money in life as a matter of fact he is the president of the nation he's a, he is a captain of industry a business mogul in short what has he not achieved in life where has he not gone in life What's that, what, has, what hasn't he seen and you tell him to come to church and begin to sweep the church before other people come to church. Ah, uh ah, -uh, what do you mean? Are there no younger people who can do it? Are there no smaller people who can do it? The Bible says in the matter of discipleship, the discipleship is a leveler. Discipleship brings us before God. Nobody means anything again before God. Any man who must come must deny himself. Whatsoever you are, whosoever you are, what you have achieved in life, what you have made in life, whatsoever has become of you, whatsoever you have at home, it does not matter. How old you are, it does not matter. We are not talking about you and a younger person. We are talking about you and God. God is the ancient of days. No kind of age any man has attained in life would that we ever equal to God. Even Adam, no matter what it is, God is before the beginning and even after the end he shall be. And the Bible says that he must deny himself. People of God, what am I saying? I am saying you must come to an end of yourself. Jesus Christ facing death and tasting the bitter pill of death. The Bible says he cried to the master and said, Lord, 
let this call pass over me but nevertheless not my will but your will be done even jesus christ if he had his way he would have he would have rejected that death when he saw the death coming it was too heavy for him to bear he saw the death was so the pain of the death was so excruciating and the lord said no 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 lord jesus lord god my father take this death away from me but he said nevertheless it is no longer i i need to deny myself people of god how many things are you doing in life and you have chosen not to deny yourself there are many things you hold on to and you say it is about me 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 you have not started with god it is not a matter of rationalizing but faith and total submission to god jesus had all the right to defend himself when the enemies came against him he had all the right to defend himself when he was faced before his accusers he had the right to say a word that would make people change their mind but you know what the bible says he did not utter even one single word you know why jesus stood on the cross why he was nailed to the cross people said all manners of things against him i normally wonder if it were you and i i have said this before if it was you and i what would you do the king of kings on the cross they nailed him to the cross people were beating him he was even crying he even turned to the father and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God turned the other side. If it were you, what would you do? Would you come down from the cross? You don't think Jesus had the power to come down from the cross? He had the power. As a matter of fact, the Bible told us that in John chapter 10, verses 14 to 18, he said, I have the power to take my life, but I deliberately gave my life. I have said before, I said, if it were, if it were me, I thank God it is not me, and I'm praying that God will continue to help me over the matters of self-denial because we must come to a point where we totally deny ourselves. I will come down from that cross. I will come down. When I come down from the cross, I want to see the expression on the faces of those who nailed me on the cross. When they will be surprised, the disciples did not come to bring him down. Nothing happened to bring him down on his own. He just came down from that cross. I will come down. And as I'm coming down, anybody who tries to escape, I will say, my father, break the leg. As they are trying to run away, God break just the left leg. Let the right leg be standing. And as they are trying to run away, I said, God, the other hand, bend it to the back. I will so trouble them and put them in total calamity. You know what I will do for that? I will say, Lord, as they are running, let them begin to get blind. Let them be hitting themselves as they are going. There is no amount of calamity I will not cause that day. But you know what? That is a life of a man who has not denied himself. People of God, what are you struggling? Who are you trying to impress? What point are you trying to prove? In matters of discipleship, we have no points to prove. Anybody who is a total disciple of the master has no point to prove. Let them say what they want to say about you. You can join them to also laugh at the joke. Even when they have said something that touches your very person, you can join them to laugh. That is when a man has become like the master. The purpose of discipleship is for a man to become like the master. It is a sin. It is a negation of our profession for people to be in discipleship and we are settling their case as if they are still sinners. But in discipleship, you see men who are still struggling. A whole me, a whole me. Who, who, who's a whole you? Did you leave any part at home? Is it not the same thing I'm saying? What are you struggling for? What are you struggling for? What is it that we are holding on to? Nothing to hold on to. Jesus Christ could have come down from the cross, but he hung there. What sustained him there? Was it the nail of those who crucified him? No, it was love that kept him there. He could have come down, but he said, I won't come down. How do I talk about Apostle Paul? How do I talk about Apostle Paul? The Bible says that Apostle Paul had everything. Are you talking about a persecutor of the people? He was chief. Are you talking about an erudite scholar? He was an erudite scholar. What, are, what will you mention about Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul had everything. 
mention it, he has it. But the Bible says, all these things I count but loss. Everything I have ever gotten in life, according to Philippians chapter 3, he said, I count everything but loss. Why? For the excellency of getting Christ. It was in this line, he said, I want to know him. And the fellowship of it. You know when the Bible says fellowship of suffering, I begin to wonder. So there's fellowship in suffering. So there's fellowship in suffering. Until I began to remember what Paul and Silas did. The Bible said why Paul and Silas were in prison. They were incarcerated in the prison. Inside the dungeon, the scripture said why they were there. They began to sing. And today we say Paul and Silas, they prayed. They sang. The Holy Ghost came down. Paul and Silas, they prayed. They prayed. They sang, oh, the Holy Ghost came down. The song you and I have, come, have, have, have formed about what Paul and Silas did came from a fellowship of suffering. So many of you, is at the point of your fellowship of suffering that you backslide. Our, the apostles of, the early apostles, it was the fellowship of suffering that strengthened their faith. A disciple is strengthened. A disciple keeps going. A disciple receives new vigor to keep going at the point of the fellowship of suffering. Do you remember some of the disciples when they were flogged and they said, never you proclaim the name of Jesus again. He said, ah, this is a fellowship of suffering. The Bible said, while they were going, they were rejoicing and saying, Father, thank you for we are counted worthy to suffer persecution in your name. How many people have, how many things have you suffered? He said, ah, only me, only me, only me, only me, only you, only you, only you. If not you, then who? If not you, then who? What have we suffered in life? The Lord is saying that there is a fellowship of, and that will be made what? Conformable unto his death. You know, church historians told us that when, Apostle, when, when Peter was to be killed, they brought him to a point to kill him, and they said they were going to crucify him. You know what Peter said? Peter said, no, you cannot kill me the way you killed my master. How can you crucify me like you crucified my master? No. Turn me upside down. Invert, invert my cross and let me die the dead because I am not worthy to die the same way my master died. This was the same man that when they said, look, you are, the, you are one of the disciples, he said, God forbid, my father, my mother, up to my fourth generation, may they be cursed if I am the one. But when the man cut through discipleship, he said, for where? What am I holding on to? What is my life? When the Bible says, if you deny me here on earth, I will deny you before my father. Uh -uh. He said, no, please don't kill me that way. It will be too, it will be too much of a competition for me to, to die the same way my master died. Please, I beg you, invert me. Do you know he died even before he died? When a man is inverted, all the blood is flowing into the brain. I don't know what doctors have to say about that. And that was how he died. How many of us can say, God, even if I have to die, I will die? I am not praying that any of us will encounter Boko Haram. I am not praying. But I have said to the glory of God, I don't care how I die. Anybody who is thinking about how he will die in this time should begin to know that some of us will die by the arrows and by the knives of these wicked men. Because we have come to the end of time when Christians will be marcheted for what they believe. And I'm trusting God that I will honor God with the best of deaths. Anytime it comes, I shall be waiting. That is what the Bible says, be made conformable unto his deaths. How did the master, my master die? He was, he had my, had my master die. He was, he was kept there for many hours, suspended, suspended. And he was dying gradually. But even while he was dying, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. People of God, how many times have you suffered? And while you are suffering, you are cursing people. While you are suffering, you are cursing, you say from the village, anyone from the village, I curse them, I curse them, I curse them. You are cursing them, cursing them. Fellowship of suffering. People of God, the Bible did not only call us to conscious denial. 
the Lord also called us to cross-bearing. People of God, you don't only need to consciously deny yourself. You need to carry the cross. But you know what? It is only the man that have denied himself that can carry the cross. Ah, uh-uh. You think the cross we are talking about is iPad. The cross we are talking about is not, it's not iPhone. It's not iPhone. The cross we are talking about is not an air-conditioned church. The cross we are talking about is not having a sweet, 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 cool cash in your bank account. How can, can you imagine that all these things will work? No, it, you, no, 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 no. It, it doesn't work that way. It must be a man who has denied himself. It, it, will, it will be too shameful, too shameful if you have to die, to sh- if you have to carry this cross with all that you have. How can you carry your agbada and still be rolling on the floor? Uh-uh. It is, I know, it, you know it's not, it doesn't befit you. You can't do that. Uh-uh. With all your achievements in life, you still do that. In, no, now, allow others to do it. How do you do with all your... No, you need to die to self first. It is a man who has died to self that can do all these things. It is a man who has said no to the world before he can do all these things. You know what? I like to say that the old drugger cross that we are talking about is a nobody can carry that cross unless the man has fully denied himself. You know that songwriter who gave us that song, the old drugger cross? I love that song so much. So I cherish the old drugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old drugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown so i cherish so i cherish the old drugged cross see my trophies at last i lay down i will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange someday for a crown. This song that I said, I will cling to the old drugged cross. See, my trophies, at last, I lay down. But while I'm laying down my trophies, I will cling to the old drugged cross. You know how the Bible puts it in Luke chapter 9, verse 26? He said, any of you that is ashamed of me here on earth, he said, before my father and the holy angels, I will be ashamed of you. People of God, how many of us are still clinging to the old drugged cross? You know, had they been, it just ended with Luke chapter 9, verse 26. It would have been better. But did you see what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34? That one is even worse. Matthew 10, verse 33. The Bible says, But whosoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. How I wish it's just a matter of being ashamed. The Master said, No, I will not only be ashamed of you. I will also disown you. Do you know what it looks like when you are shouting from the other side and you are saying, God, Jesus, can't you remember me? Can't you remember me? Can't you? He said, look, you say I disown you. I am just wondering how it will look the day we stand before God. When people will be shouting, God, remember that day in church, I gave offering. I gave offering. I am the one who, who gave money for the building project. God, because you are seeing the fire burning and they are about to throw somebody, not you, by the grace of God. They are about to throw the person. He said, God, can't you remember me? Please, please, angel, talk to me. He said, look, I will deny you. I will disown you. He said, why? Because while you were here on earth, he said, you disowned me. You denied me. So when it is time for, you to, for me to also associate with you, I will deny you. 
Men are shouting, God, I can feel the heat of the fire. I have not yet entered. I can feel the heat of the fire. Not only the heat of the fire, I can hear the groanings of men inside who are crying. Their wailing tells me that the fire is small. The intensity is terrible. Master, remember, remember all I did. I came for every service in church. The master said, I will disown you. Kai, each time I think about the day we stand before God, fear grips my heart. Because that would be a day of separation. That would be a, to- a day of total, total torment for those who would deny the master here. And one of the things that can set men free is discipleship. One of the things that can ground men in the place of righteousness is discipleship. Not discipleship of the class. Not the two hours discipleship. Not the three months discipleship. Not the discipleship of diet and diet and diet and diet. I'm talking about the discipleship of the heart. When men's life are changed. You know, you ask me, Pastor, which kind of cross are we supposed to carry? I will show you three kind of crosses. We need to carry. Number one, the first cross you will carry as we, as, as we bear the cross is the cross of separation. People of God, do you remember how my Lord Jesus was separated from his mother? His mother was crying. His mother was crying. And even Jesus himself said, son, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. Do you remember how the disciples neglected Jesus? Even one betrayed him. The other one denied him. The others ran away. Separation. People of God, you can never be a genuine disciple of Christ and yet you are not separated from your old life. There must be a separation. You cannot be in church, dancing in church, and still be wearing the garments of the world. There must be a separation. We cannot be, we cannot, we cannot be dancing the song of God with the dance steps of the wicked one. There must be a separation. When the Bible said that the Lord himself called them, there must be a calling out. You must be separated. The same way my master was separated from his brethren. As he carried the cross, anybody who will bear the cross must be separated from the mother. Must be separated from the disciples. Must be separated from the loved ones. Who are the mothers, the fathers, the disciples, the loved ones in this context? Everything that will make you go back to the things you left you must be separated from it. No man bears the cross and still continues the way he was before he started carrying the cross. The cross is so shameful. Nobody wants to associate with you. How can you, you are seated somewhere, they are discussing matters of evil and you are still there. Even when you are, you are born and they are discussing. People are talking about what they did here, there. What they did to somebody. This, and you are there. People of God, you are not yet separated. A disciple, they will say, ah no, keep quiet so he's here. When he leaves, we continue. When he leaves, we continue. But it is when you come, they say, hey, what's your own contribution, self? You have not started. There's a cross you have not carried. People of God, you must be ready to be the odd man out. The one separated from all things. The one separated from all things. The one who, who does not associate with them, like my master did not. He came out from among them. He didn't associate himself with them. People of God, if you will carry the cross, it must be the cross of separation. Number two, not only the cross of separation, you must also be ready to carry the cross of shame. The cross of shame. Can you imagine how the miracle worker became an object of ridicule? Ah, uh-uh. didn't you hear the disciple? Didn't you hear one of the thieves say, "Ah, but you saved others. Why not save yourself?" Remember in the scripture, the Bible says some were slapping him and they were hiding to slap him. Object of shame. Oh my God! 
I, I, I begin to imagine how much my master suffered because he carried the cross. You know, each time we watch the passion of the Christ, I keep wondering, is this really what my master went through? People say, wow, that thing was too much. They overdid it. But I beg to tell you, whatsoever they showed you on that theme is nothing compared to what my master went through. You know how the Bible puts it? The Bible says he was beaten to a point that he was no longer, people could no longer recognize him. Do you know when a man, undergo, when, when, when a man is involved in an accident and they said he was, he was battered beyond recognition? The Bible said my master was battered beyond recognition. This is the one who made heaven and earth. This was the one who was there when my father was creating them. This was the one who was there when my father was, when my, 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 my father, God himself, was creating the one who was flogging him. And he knew he would be the one to flog him. He said, yet, see, create him. Make him tall, make him fine, make him look good. And he knew he was going to be the one to flog him the biggest king. And my master kept on. How many of us can genuinely come before God and say, I'm ready to carry the cross of shame? Some of us do not like shame. I don't like shame too. But if I have to carry it for my master, I will carry it. If I have to bear it for my master, I will bear it. If I have to go the extent, that distance for my master, why not? My master did it for me. What would it cost me to do the same? The third cross you have to bear is a cross of suffering. People of God, do you know they flogged him? They slapped him. They mocked him. Yet, he did not say a word. Do you even know that one of his disciples also was the one who betrayed him? How did he betray him? He came to him and they called him master and he kissed him. Kai, how many people have eaten your food and after eating your food, they went behind you to stab you? That's the cross of suffering. I beg you, like my master forgive, I beg you to forgive. You know, it's so painful when you know you have to carry a cross of suffering. And you know, for we Christians... We are different. For those out there, they can, they, can, they can revenge. For those out there, they can get even. But for we, we cannot. People of God, all the way to Calvary, Jesus carried the cross. Finally. The third thing we must pay attention to. The first one is that there must be what? A conscious denial. The second one is that there must be a cross-bearing situation. The third one is that there must be consistent following. If you read that scripture where we read in Luke chapter 9, the Bible was quick to point out to us that then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. People of God, the followership of the master is a consistent one. It's not the one you follow today and you say, I won't follow tomorrow. Demas was following at a point, but at a point he got tired and he went back. Demas was supposed to be one of those to finish the race. At a point, he backslided. He went back to Thessalonica. Remember what happened to our brother, Peter? At the point of following the master, everyone followed, everyone deserted the master, but Peter went. But not only Peter, really, because John also entered into that place. But while Peter was there, at the point of asking him question, he denied the master. He said, I will not follow any longer. I want to ask you, church, are you ready to follow the master all the way? Jesus Christ got to a point where he would have gone back. At a point, he began to say, oh, Lord, why have you forsaken me? At a point, he began to ask. He said, Lord, please take this copy away from me. But he remembered, ah, no. 
The beauty of following is finishing the race. It is not enough to start. The good thing about running is to finish the race. And Jesus said, my meat is to do the work of him that has sent me and to complete it. How many of you have started this race in the spirit and you are ending in the flesh? As you are sitting down, you know yourself. As I'm preaching, I know myself. As we are all there watching all over the world, as we stream life, you know yourself. You started well as a spiritual man, spiritual giant. As a matter of fact, when they touch you, they know you are, you, you, you are, you are a Holy Ghost speaker. When they look at you, they say, ah, no, this brother is hot. But when you search deep inside of you, you know you are like Brother Peter, who any little thing that comes your way, you will deny the master. The Bible says, I'll be ashamed of you when I stand before my father. Not only will I be ashamed of you, he said also, I will deny you and disown you before my father. How many of us can genuinely come before the master and say, Lord, I do not want, I have stopped at this point. I do not want to continue any further. I want to stop every other thing that has held me back. I want to follow the master all the way. Can we bow our heads?